That's the door of Revelation 4.1, inviting you to come up into a higher glory. Hallelujah. That was the most refreshing time of worship I think we've ever had. <laughs> I'm just kind of, I feel like I'm floating on top of a white cloud right now with the Lord Jesus. For the last couple years, my favorite verse, I don't know how you can have one favorite verse, I probably my top 1,000 favorite verse <laughs> is Revelation 14, 14. The white cloud with the king of glory, who's the Lord of harvest, wearing the gold crown and holding the sharp sickle. The Lord of the harvest is the king of glory, and he sits upon the glory cloud. And so you enter the glory begin to know the Father, and then you just grow in the Father's love, and you grow in the Father's grace right through your heart until you rise on top of the cloud and have perfect mental clarity of the great white eagle, and it's just crystal clear shining through your mind all the time. It's just wonderful having eagle vision. It's available for everyone. Revelation says, purchase ISAV so you can see. Everyone can purchase ISAV and see. And he says purchase because the only thing that blinds vision is the love of money. You got to sacrifice money because you got to get it out of there. <laughs> it's truth anyhow. <laughs> it's not about greed or covetousness. It's about getting the love of money out of your mind and your trust in the natural dimension to father you so you can go up in the heavenly father and let the father become your vision. Jesus Christ, red letters, purchase, I serve, so you can see. Most people's problem, what keeps them infants in Christ for 50 years in the charismatic church, you know, they've been in the full gospel of the 1970s Catherine Kuhlman movement, and they haven't progressed past that in 50 years. It's because you didn't go higher in the cloud. You didn't purchase ISAV so you don't see any higher. If you settle for what you got in your little revival and your little touch of heaven, I mean, you're never going to grow into a greater glory. You're never going to go higher. We get complacent. We get a touch from heaven and we think that's all there is in God and it's barely the beginning. I mean, Jesus walked in such great glory that he never even died. Enoch walked in such great glory that he never even died. Elijah walked in such great glory that he never even died. Moses was 120 and he never had a wrinkle on his face. Deuteronomy says there was no aging in his countenance. And you look at people that are in the glory and they don't even have aging anymore. You can, I mean, you're going to be young at 100 if you keep going higher. I mean, it's available in this generation that's preloaded, preloaded to overcome death. And people don't have faith for overcoming death because they have faith in death. You notice that? I'll be talking about the life of the gospel and the life of Christ and coming out of people's hearts will be like, nope, death, death, I believe in death, I believe in aging, I, be I believe in negative things, I believe in the red dragon, I believe in the false prophet, I believe in the beast, and it's just negative, 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 because that's where their faith is. Their faith is in the darkness instead of their faith in the light. Whatever you believe in multiplies through your heart and through your mind, and that's what you're experiencing in the natural realm right now. And if you want to have the heavenly realms, 
encompass you like angel feathers of Psalms 91 being protected with the feathers of the Almighty. You're going to have to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the King of glory, the cloud of glory, the Lord of glory, the Lord of the harvest, and Revelation 14, 14 all the time and not be distracted by the false prophets that are trying to get you to hook into the negative report. Every day you're going to have 10 out of 12 people giving you negative reports. And it's like, are you going to believe the unbelievers? Are you going to believe the believers? Joshua and Caleb believed, and they brought the good report. It's called the gospel. The other 10 didn't believe, and they brought a negative report. How many know that's called false prophetics? A false prophet brings a negative report. It's true. They brought the negative report. We are like grasshoppers in their eyes. I mean, that's fear. So the false prophet sows fear. A true prophet sows faith. Amen? Sound doctrine. If you're so in fear, you're so in doubt and unbelief in people's hearts. And that's why the sheep are afraid, because they're surrounded by men and women that don't know the Father very well, that are sowing fear into their hearts. Every day, not a day goes by that I don't get a phone call, a message, a text, an email of people afraid out of their minds about something. And it's always something, you know, something they saw in the news or something that happened in the natural realm. You need Psalms 91. Nothing can touch you. I'm safe in the Almighty. I mean, you're going to see people drop like flies that reject the Father. And we don't want that to happen to anybody. We want everyone to be in the Father's wings. But you don't have to be in the Father's wings. You can be in Satan and his angels' wings. If you want to be with Satan and his angels, you can. But that's hell, and that's death, and that's horrible, and that's the negative report. That's the fear. Nobody wants to be with Satan and his angels. Nobody wants fear. But then it's like, the Father's going to kill me. The Father's mad at me. The Father doesn't love me. And they got all these father wounds in their hearts, in their souls, in their minds... And it's like you have to have a revelation of His grace and His favor towards you. That's how you're saved, by grace. The grace of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit with your heart. That's what drives out the fears that have to do with the negative report. All the bad stuff that's happened in the natural realm, being grasshoppers in the eyes of the giants. And the giants are Nephilim, and the giants are demons, and the giants are Satan and his angels, according to the Bible. And we have a greater giant than those giants. Once you, once you get into faith, you can actually just squash them, and they become real small. If you have unbelief, a demon is big. If you have unbelief, sickness and disease is big. If you have unbelief, poverty is big. Money is big. If you have faith... All that realm of the natural that keeps you in fear just shrinks up, shrivels like the fig tree, and dies. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, he was cursing the doubt and unbelief of being stuck in the natural realm so you could have the olive tree, the tree of life, and be stuck in the glory realm. Be stuck in going from glory to glory. Be stuck in love. You know, we've been stuck in the mud of unbelief. We've been stuck in the wilderness with the snakes and scorpions. Now let's get stuck in the glory. Let's get stuck in the honey. Let's get stuck in the goodness of God. Let's get stuck in the promised land and never come out. Amen? There's such an overwhelming realm of God the Father here that you can be stuck, pegged, solidified, and gelled in the promised land of milk and honey. A baptism of the milk and honey. Amen?
It is the season of milk and honey. People can bring a negative report and say, oh, it's the season of the guillotines and the microchips. It's the season of Alex Jones' paranoia. It's the season of the FEMA camps. It's the season of the, you know, all this crap. Or you can say, no, the Bible says it's the season of milk and honey. I'm going to believe the good report. I'm going to believe the gospel. I'm going to believe God and not believe Satan and his angels sowing fear into everyone's hearts. You got a few billionaires that run the media that want to sow fear in you because that's how they control you. If you can get over those fears, I mean, seriously, this, I mean, this conspiracy is beyond conspiracy. Paranoia, it's beyond paranoia. It's called potent sorcery of Babylon the Great, and I'm bringing the good report to expose it because it's so insignificant. You're just dealing with some natural realm garbage that's so insignificant to your Heavenly Father. When you get to know the Heavenly Father more intimately in your heart, you're going to laugh all the time like I laugh because faith produces joy. Isaac means laughter. He's the son of faith. 91 years old and you have a kid, you're going to be laughing about it, you know? Sarah and Abraham, 91 years old. Come on, somebody. It's funny. That's what faith is because it's nonsensical, it's not natural, it's supernatural, it's God's ability, and it's not based on your flesh, it's not based on your brain, it's not based on your intellect, it's not based on anything you are as a human being. You're a creation of God. And until we have faith in the Creator to take care of His creation, some other junk is going to be over our heads beating us up all the time. A religious spirit is what it usually is. And that's the worst. There's nothing more evil in Satan's hell than a religious spirit. It just constantly keeps people condemned. You deserve to be punished. No. The lamb took your punishment. Now you deserve nothing, but you get the milk and honey. You know? So we don't get into pride saying, Oh, I deserve the promised land. You don't deserve, you deserve hell. But you're going to get promised land because he loves you. And you're going to be conditioned in your heart by a revelation of His love. You're going to be conditioned in your heart by a revelation of His grace. Grace and love. That's the wine and the oil or the milk and the honey of the promised land. I mean, until you overflow in your heart, until there's no more fear, and the Father is fathering every room in your soul. There's just not one area of your life that's not perfectly fathered. He's the Father of spirits, the Father of lights, and the Father of our glory. Don't you want to know the Father of glory? Don't you want a greater glory? In the glory, that's when you're safe, secure, and protected. That's when you're surrounded by the angels' wings. Psalms 91 is all about the glory of the Father. You read it. Or should I read it? We read it in the Passion. Let's read it in the Amplified, because this is what everyone's dealing with. I mean, people calling me and telling me all this crazy stuff every day. And I'm telling you, it's time to know the Father as the Father of your glory and the healer of your soul and the provider and the protector of your body. He takes care of your natural realm. He said, remember the sparrows? They don't even think about tomorrow. But God takes care of them. Aren't you so much greater than sparrows? Amen? Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. What's the secret place? Your heart. You and the Father. That's a place nobody can enter except you and the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in you. The secret place. The garden of your heart. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High 
shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I've heard many people say that the shadow of the Almighty is the glory, the glory cloud, because there's no shadows in him. And like Peter's shadow healed the sick, that's when there's such an overflow of the Father, the light being. There's no darkness in heaven. There's no shadows in heaven, only on earth because of starlight and the sun. But the shadow of the Almighty is actually the overflow of the glory of God out of your body. And under the Father's shadow is living in the cloud of His glory. Because you know there's no darkness in Him. The Bible says that in Him there is no darkness at all, so there can be no shadow. So it's, it's a riddle. He loves hiding His mysteries, His revelations in the glory, and through intimacy in your heart, you seek them out. It's true. He wants to see, like, are you going to look for Him? Are you just going to be complacent in the natural realm? A lot of people get a little blessing and they never seek God anymore. They don't go any deeper. They get a spouse and they don't go deeper. You know, they get something from God and they don't go deeper. And it's like, I love the people that are just never satisfied. Always content, always blessed, always happy, but they want more of God. Those are the hungry ones. To them belongs the kingdom of heaven. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On Him I lean and rely, and in Him I confidently trust. For then He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and His faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. The last several months I've been seeing this. Psalms 91 verse 4. Under His wings. His wings include the two-thirds of the angels that obey His Word. you got to get that. Because you're not just dealing with the Father, you're dealing with the kingdom of the Father. Now, in the Father is everything that's alive. He's the Father of the living and not the dead. So we're talking about literally angels beyond numbering all around you, and sometimes working in the interior castle, all the time working in the interior castle of your soul. Literally cleaning up all the rooms of your soul. That's what the angels do. They live inside the mountain of the Lord. They live inside Mount Zion, the mountain of the two-thirds of the angels that obey the Word of God. And (laughs) you want to see angels get into obedience. You want to go to the next degree of glory. You want to have a greater anointing. You want to know the Father. What He's asked you to do is for your benefit. He doesn't need anything. You're going to get to know the Father as the Almighty. And it's wonderful. The sons and daughters of God know the Father so much. And it's like we just don't trust Him in certain areas of our life. And He's refined my heart with fire and glory continuously for the last 20 years, and I'm still discovering realms of the Father that just are absolutely mind-blowing every day. It's just never, it never gets old. I could easily spend eternity just in a few areas of my heart, just learning obedience and discovering revelations about my Father in heaven. And there are just basic steps now that many Christians need to get into in the secret place of their heart of hearing Him, knowing Him, seeing Him, and obeying with Him, wanting Him, desiring Him above every other father of their spirit in the natural realm. Because the fathers that fight for fathering your souls are all devils. 100%. There's only one true Father, and we are all brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ, red letters. 
So every other father that's fighting to father you has an ill agenda. <laughs> and I deal with them every day. They're called false fathers, also known as sorcerers. It talks about sorcerers from Genesis to Revelation. They're everywhere. A sorcerer is a false father, someone who wants to father your soul for their personal gain. They're all devils. They're all evil. There's one good father, and if a person is a Christian leader, they will lead you to that good father. They will introduce you to that good father. They will enhance your relationship with the one true living, holy father of God, a father of lights, the father of Christ. And if anyone does not bring you to that father, they themselves have made themselves a father or a sorcerer. And those are the Pharisees that block all the children from entering the kingdom of the Father. Jesus says you block the way to knowing the Father. That's what he said to the Pharisees. The religious spirits block you from knowing the goodness of the Father. Block your souls and your minds and your hearts and your spirit life from glowing in the knowing of your Father of your lights. And so you remove all those other things that have been fathering your souls that are warlocks and witches, you remove all those sorcerers and their magic spells of their white tongues, which are false prophetics of Jezebel, and you get the Father fathering your spirit, and it gets easy and it gets light. The only reason why Christians have a hard time is because you got millions of other fathers warring to father you. And it's like, we don't know which fathers to listen to. And a father is anyone with influence in your soul. Anyone. It's like, oh, I don't have God as my father. Well, who's influencing your soul? I mean, it's like your boss at your job. Is that your father? You know, it's like, let's get it practical here. You know, <laughs> anything that has influence. Television could be fathering you. Sports could be fathering you. You know, your families could be fathering you. You know, all the any pastor could be fathering you. Anything could father you. There's a, a billion different fathers here. It's just there's only one living father. And unless God the Father, the Father of angels, is fathering your spirit through your soul, you're going to be confused. You're going to have some problems because it's like, have no other gods, meaning have no other fathers besides Him. That's what it means. A God is a father. And so you have false gods because you have false fathers. Truth in you. And it's time to be fathered by the one true Father and begin going from glory to glory. That's when you get into the fast lane. That's when it gets easy. That's when it gets light. You discard every other voice. You know, my sheep know my voice and they obey me, Jesus Christ says, because the voice of many waters, you know the good Father only wants to enhance your life for a better life on earth. You know that it, all these other voices are just trying to manipulate you, control you. You know, they want to abuse you. They, they want to take advantage of you. I see it every day. And all these people trying to pretend like they're God the Father or God the Mother or God the Gaia of the Earth or, you know, some Kundalini Spirit or whatever it is. All these other voices come in and they'll try to lead you into their tender green pastures, their little oasis. No apostle and prophet is going to lead you to themselves. That's a false apostle. That's a false prophet. Every true prophet, every true apostle, every true teacher, every true evangelist, and every true pastor will lead you to their heavenly Father. Amen? And if anyone leads you to anyone else, are they not a false leader? Are they not illegitimate? Are they not a sorcerer? Yes, they are.
That's what sorcery is. Sorcery is false fathering and making you something when it's not about you, it's about God. <laughs> and we have to crush the devil's head underfoot because our people are beat up by false fathers in the whole world and the Father wants to unite all the 12 tribes of Christianity with His goodness, with His grace, and with His love and remove all the false fathers, every influence in your soul that has kept you down, kept you earthly, kept you beat up, kept you condemned, kept you in worry, kept you in fear. You know, fear is the sure evidence that you're being fathered by a false father. Because if there's no fear in you, then you're in perfect love. And God the Father is the perfect love. You're living in Eden. If there's any fear in your heart, you got some false fathering to deal with. You got some sorcery, some white tongues, and there'll always be black tongues inside the white tongues. But deal with the white tongues and the black tongues leave. Black tongues are the temptations of Satan's angels to lust. White tongues are the temptations of Satan's angels to be prideful about something in the natural realm. You know? And it's so deceiving. He's a cunning serpent, and you know we're familiar with his ways. We expose all the works of the devil every day at this broadcast. I mean, we make it so simple that, that first graders will know when a demon's trying to tempt them. And if your gospel is complicated, you don't have the real gospel. Jesus Christ spoke at a 7th grade education, a 7th grade vocab in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and Revelation, so that even the children, the 7th graders, could be wise. You need to be wise in 7th grade. That's when they really start tempting you with sex and drugs and alcohol and all kinds of stupidity. It's true. You see it across the board in America. Sixth grade, not so much. You know, they've still got some innocence. And seventh grade, they start to get crazy. That's when I was offered drugs, and that's when alcohol came around, and the, the tobacco and everything else that was trying to kill me and pulled me down into a pit for a lot of years. And so you need the gospel that children can understand. For the kingdom belongs to little children. And it's not about being stupid because it's intelligent to serve God. It's smart to serve God. It's just about being so wise that your words don't overcomplicate things so that people can clearly hear the word, let it go into their hearts, and save them from the other words that are stealing from their hearts. You're saved from words. Words of God save you from words of humans. Jesus Christ said, my words are not my own, they came from God. Who was he saving the Israelites from? The Pharisees and Herod. Beware of the words or the seeds of the Pharisees and of Herod. Seeds are words. So the word of God saves you from the words of men. They're called doctrines of men or doctrines of demons, and they're not far off from both leading you into hell. <laughs> you know, isn't that wild that they're summed up as doctrines of men and doctrines of demons? I mean, men are just making stuff up, and it didn't even come from hell. They're just so fallen earthly, they just want to scheme some people with some false revelation to sound smart. And we've seen that thousands of times in full-time ministry, and no one has any fruit from it. How will you know if you have doctrines of men in your heart, like weeds in your heart, worldly gospels. There will be no fruit of the glory realm. There will be no faith. These people will still be in, in faith for money instead of faith for the Father's kingdom. You see it. They'll be, they'll be believing in money to take care of them instead of believing in the Holy Spirit 
to be their glory cloud and their rain and their promised land milk and honey provision. That's the evidence that your gospel is false, that there's no faith. Because no one comes to God except by faith. You're saved by grace through faith. And if your faith isn't increasing, then you have all kinds of garbage and junk in your belly, junk in your heart, and junk in your head that needs to be flushed out. God's releasing the bowels of compassion. And it is a a high colonic. And He's doing it with His love, His springs of the waters of life. And the great shepherd shall lead them to the springs of glory. The waters of life are the glory. Amen. Because unless you're in the glory, I mean, what are you even doing? You're lost. You're confused. There's no father except the father of glory. And if you're not getting your glory, and you don't even know what the glory is, and you're not getting fathered by the father of glory, and you're not going from glory to glory, you're confused by the spirit of Babylon, and you need all kinds of different amounts of deliverance. Nobody's perfect. I mean, I'm getting delivered from stuff on like a citywide and national level now. And we're talking about major Moses-level exodus deliverance, the deliverers of the end times. So don't be prideful about needing deliverance. Everyone needs deliverance. I mean, until on earth as it is in heaven, and there's not a sick person in the world, there's not a poor person in the world, deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. You know, nobody's arrived. You know, Jesus hasn't returned. We haven't restored all things. There's much work to be done. A lot of you have been hearers, now it's time to be doers. And you're not doing it in the flesh, you're doing it in the river. Once you're in the river, then you become energized, like Acts chapter 2, to heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons, and cleanse lepers. Once you receive power from on high, then the glory cloud goes around and you're releasing thunders and lightnings from the white throne judgment seat of Christ, Revelation chapter 4 verse 5. And those who overcome, Revelation 2 and 3, will sit with me on my throne. So you're on the throne. You're carried by the cloud of the Holy Ghost on earth as it is in heaven. You have the four living creatures all around you on earth, Ezekiel chapter 1. And you're taking the earth back from the lying tongues of Satan and his angels that keep everybody false fathered and pinned to the dust of the earth, chiefly with religion. Religion is really the only thing you have to overcome in life. And you don't really even start until you're born again. Well, what are they going to tempt you? What are you saved from? You're saved from works. The works of the flesh. You're saved from the performance of the flesh. Why? By the performance of the Father in you. And once you know the Father in you, then the Father begins performing works. As it's written, those who know their Father will do mighty exploits, knowing God. God is the Father of all spirits. And those who know the Father then begin doing mighty works, mighty exploits, because they say, like Jesus Christ, it's the Father in me who does the works. No longer I who lives. There's no I. It's just the Father, the Father, the Father. This is the Father's revival, and He wants to father you into His revival. The Father is a perfect revivalist. He's the Father of all revivalists that's ever lived. And you're gonna, you got to get to know Him in the glory. You know? And the only thing that blocks you from knowing Him more is the stuff you think you know about Him. He needs to empty your head knowledge and fill you with heart knowledge, the spirit of knowledge. We've been full of the dead letter in our brains, and that's what prevents revival. That's actually pride. 
satanic activity. Now we need to be filled with the spirit of knowledge, of the seven spirits of God, of God's sevenfold Holy Spirit, of the messianic anointing. If we want real revival, if we want to be real leaders in Christianity, it's not optional that you come into Huyos maturity and know the Holy Spirit as the seven spirits of God. That's how Jesus knew the Messiah, the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, the 66th book of the Bible. It only calls the Holy Spirit the seven spirits of God because that's the only way that Jesus Christ knew the, the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ knew the Holy Spirit as the seven spirits of God. That's why the book of the revelation of the person of Jesus Christ unfolds it to you so you have the same perspective as the Messiah. It's the Messianic anointing. Isaiah 11.2 And then five times in the book of Revelation, the Holy Ghost is called the seven spirits of God. Well, they forgot about the Holy Spirit, the most important book in the Bible, Revelation, how we win and take the whole world back from Satan and his angels, cast the beast, cast the false prophet, cast the red dragon out of us and then out of our cities and out of our nations into the lake of fire. Hallelujah. And they just forgot about the Holy... No, the Holy Spirit does it all. You just got to know him like Jesus know him. You know what I mean? You got to know the Holy Ghost in a deeper way as the only light in your heart. In the holy place of the Old Testament temple... The menorah was the only light of the holy place, the only light of the Spirit. Which means, I mean, how bright do you want to get? A little bit of brightness ain't going to work in Babylon the Great. These people are so messed up. I deal with the, the worst situations all the time in lust and drug addiction and alcohol addiction and lust addiction, pornography addiction and religious sorcery addiction. They're addicted to the magic arts. They're addicted to serving their ego and the pride of Satan in their mind instead of the Holy Ghost. And the addiction is so severe everywhere that unless we have the brightness of the seven spirits of God burning in our hearts in the holy place, we're not going to have enough power to make a dent in Satan in this world. And God has anointed us to take this world back from Satan and his angels. You're only going to do it if you're walking in the seven spirits of God. If you know the Holy Ghost as the seven blazing torches before your throne. Because you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We're on the throne. So that you, you love his lightnings and you love his thunderings. The thunder and the lightning is the word and the power. And the power in the Word is the milk and honey. It's the wine and oil. It's just at the Father's intensity. So people are like, oh, it's going to kill me. No, it's not. It will just remove Satan from your souls so that you have a perfect day every day and not a single negative thing will ever happen to you or anyone around you ever again on earth as it is in heaven. Peace. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. When you fall in love with the lightnings and the thunders of your heavenly Father that are for you and not against you, God is good. Nahum 1.5, God is good. You need to know that the lightning is good, that the thunder is good, the word is good, and the power is good. Amen. And then you need to see it judge all the stuff out of your heart and out of your soul that's not good that's not from heaven, that's from man, and some stuff that's from hell, from demons. And so some people are getting exercised in their senses. Some people are getting delivered from demons, like the Gadarene demoniac. And guess what? When they saw him clothed and in his right mind, they freaked out, and they said, Go away from us. Isn't that crazy? You'd think they'd rejoice. Yay, Jesus saved the Gadarene demoniac. You know, he's cutting himself, living in the cave, and he's chained to the, the grave and all this stuff. And instead of rejoicing with him, 
They asked him to leave because they were scared. How many times have we seen that? Like, oh, that's awesome. You have more power than all the stars of the heavens combined, but can you please stay away from me because I am freaked out out of my mind of how deep your relationship with God the Father is right now. You know, like 99% of the Christians I've ever met in my entire life are like that. And then it's like, well, no, his lightning is good. His thunder is good. I think I'm going to boldly approach the throne of grace and finally begin to operate in who I am as an eternal spirit being, as an eternal son and daughter of the living Father in power. Amen. And that's what Great Awakening is. Waking up to your divine eternal ability and casting off the grave clothes of your flesh ability, which is nothing less than Jezebel's witchcraft. And he's just burning it up. He's burning up the grave clothes. There's fire and there's lightning in this glory. And this fire will burn up every single thing that's held you back from knowing the Father more intimately. Let me tell you, the promised land is knowing the Father. The Bible says that the priest's inheritance is the Lord. And that every New Covenant Christian is a member of the royal priesthood. They're like, whoa, I'm a businessman. Money is my written. Listen, that will all be added unto you. Don't even think about that natural stuff. I'm telling you, we're, we're getting to know who our Father is. The whole earth will be added unto us. I mean, there's no question about it whatsoever. I can see this clear as day. It's just your inheritance is your Father. The priest's inheritance is the Lord. And once you begin operating in this priesthood of Melchizedek, of the third heaven, in the secret stairway of the heart, then all those things will be added unto you. It's true. The priest's reward is the Father. To know Him in the fullness of His lightning and His thunder and His white throne burning through your own souls. That's our reward. And then bringing it into the earth and restoring all things through all nations' hearts, all tribes, all tongues, all blood, and all bones. And then all creation rejoices in the manifestation of those ones, for they are the sons of God. We love you guys. Be blessed. Partner with Red Letter Ministries. Donate.